from outer space and you never watched a baseball game until yesterday, you probably think Kyle Gibson is the best pitcher in the history of the game. We will talk about that and more players that you might want to add or we'll tell you if you should avoid them. And am I going to win the bet? Is Fernando Rodney going to lose that closer's role before June 1st? Welcome to the Friday edition of Fantasy Baseball Today. It is April 27th. Let's talk about the NFL draft for 10 minutes. What do you think? Over under 10 minutes. No. Okay, good idea. Not 10. Under. I take you know the who's under. an alien from outer space? Who? The Foo Fighters. Why? That's where the, where the name comes from. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's about UFOs. I will ask Chris about the Foo Fighters concert and really just ridicule him for not going in a little bit. But there will be no football talk. You can listen to the Fantasy Football Today podcast. We will be breaking down the first round of the draft later on today. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys, Scott and Chris, give me one two-start pitcher that you want to pick up for I have a tough time calling it this, but week <laughs> six next week. Realistically, none. I can't imagine dropping a player I like for to in the hope of squeezing an extra start out of one of the guys who would be available here. It's it's a bad selection. Um, my favorites that I'm going to talk about in the week six preview video I'm going to shoot after this podcast are. Uh, Jake Faria and Matthew Boyd. Here's the thing. Both were supposed to be two start pitchers last week. And the reason they weren't, uh, was weather stuff. And I feel like that's an underrated part of this discussion, especially with all the weather issues we've been having this season. Like when you're talking about really fringy pitchers like that and you're picking them up solely for the second start and they don't make that second start. It's yeah. really bad. Yeah, but May shower, uh, May flowers. We're almost done exactly. with the April showers. May yeah. flowers. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't That's know. That's a good point. All right, so you said Jake Faria and Matt Boyd, but you you really said don't reach for two star pitchers. And yeah. Chris, do you share this opinion? Let's let, let's let's talk about a guy who has a three sixty five ERA over his last one hundred and three innings with one hundred strikeouts. And uh just walked into a little place called Yankee Stadium. Ever heard of it? Oh, I've heard of it. <laughs> Had 19 swinging strikes and 10 strikeouts against the Yankees. You ever heard of them? I think I've heard of them. Kyle Gibson? You ever heard of him? Best pitcher in probably, baseball. You've probably heard of him, but you probably don't think he's very good. But since the second half of last season, he has been very good. Or pretty good. <laughs> uh, well, I don't, don't want to oversell that, the case. That, that take petered out. But he has uh, he has two starts next week uh, versus Toronto <laughs> and at the Chicago White Sox. I think, I think Kyle Gibson is a worthwhile player to add onto your fantasy roster. Okay, yeah. I mean, I was looking last year at the game log. He had a five start stretch in late August and into September. With a 4-0 record and a 138 ERA, three walks in 32 and two-thirds, only 26 strikeouts. He was pitching really well, Kyle Gibson. Then his final three starts, he gave up 11 earned runs over 16 and two-thirds. He had three bad starts. So uh, I don't know that anybody's going to use the word trust with Kyle Gibson. But Chris is at least interested in Gibson's two starts, which again are t- Toronto at home and at the White Sox. I have to say, and... Maybe this is just years of me knowing to to ignore Kyle Gibson. Like a guy who, when he first got called up, was a pretty exciting prospect. But, you know, so was Jeremy Hellickson once upon a time. Um, three of his five starts this year, 15-plus swinging strikes for Kyle Gibson. And I would say the second-half numbers for him last year that Chris was referring to uh, weren't so different from what we saw from like a Jake Faria last year. Um, so maybe there is a little more here than, than meets the eye. He's like a transformer. He's been transformed into something usable. 
Okay, usable. Well, we'll keep an eye on Kyle Gibson. He is 26% owned. Let's talk about Thursday's standouts, and this time I'll actually let you guys give standouts instead of just hogging the segment like I did yesterday. Um, but I want to talk about Matt Cook. He's 8% owned, and Matt Cook uh, looks like through two starts, he's a ground ball guy. I don't know if that's what he really is, but this is the guy who's replacing Taiwan Walker in the Diamondbacks rotation. He will be pitching with a humidor for half his starts, and Matt Cook is 8% owned. I just I want to find guys in those deep leagues that – Maybe they should be like 30% owned. I'm not saying add Matt Cook everywhere, but should we add Matt Cook in some leagues? 8% owned. In case anybody wants to wants to add him, it's K-O-C-H. Yes. That's how Cook is spelled. Um, I guess if you're going to frame it that way, does he deserve to be owned in like an NL-only league? Yeah. I don't think he's very good. You don't? No. Okay. No, he's he is pitched to contact all the way. And okay. that rarely sustains itself in the modern era. Well, then who stood out to you guys yesterday? Because I had Kyle Gibson and Matt Cook. And, um, yeah, I, I just want to preview what's coming up on the show. I'm going to ask you guys some players that you might want to add. Domingo Santana, Odubel Herrera. Um, really? Did you just do that? What? And you didn't oh, sing it? Domingo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Kokomo Friday. Wow. Yeah. Um, we're definitely going to talk about bullpens. We're going to do some Ronald Acuna trade talk and other trade talk. We're going to do rankings risers and rankings fallers. Uh, you know, uh, players that might be okay to drop. Would you drop Justin Smoke or Jake Junis if there's somebody you really want? We'll get to all that. Uh, a, a little section specifically for Carlos Santana. And there was a lot from yesterday. And, of course, we'll take a look ahead to week 15, which begins next week. Or six or something like that. But uh anyway, who stood out to you guys? Uh let's uh, Michael Fulmer. Okay. The he worked on in spring training and in the offseason on his slider. That was a storyline that we were following. Uh Scott, and and the the intent was to throw a slider that is more conducive to inducing swings and misses, correct? That was the uh the impetus for his changes. You know, I'm I'm not I, I guess so. I mean obviously he thought it would be better than it was it was gonna be a throw a slower, more traditional slider because he was kind of throwing the war than slider yes. previously. And that's what it has been. He's his average velocity is down about three miles per hour on that slider, and perhaps most importantly, his swinging strike rate is up to nineteen point four percent with that pitch. That gives him right now Three pitches with an above-average whiff rate. Uh, his four-seam fastball is getting a lot of whiffs for a four-seam fastball, and his curveball is also getting a decent amount of whiffs. And, um, you know, the the knock on Michael Fulmer coming into the season was the, the elbow concerns, but also the lack of strikeouts, and that was certainly the case through his first few starts. But got nine of them yesterday, ten? Ten strikeouts yesterday? Uh Swinging strike rate is way up, 11.4% overall. 24 swinging strikes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that's 24. the thing. But, but you look at the overall. You look at the overall numbers for Fulmer. He still has 22 strikeouts and 29 and a third. So the, right, I mean, this, it, this start definitely uh, helped his swinging strike rate. Given quite a bit. given that this is the we're seeing the development of a different pitch, mm. it's possible that it took like five starts to click. And, I'm not saying also, it's definitely that, but I think it's worth considering the possibility. Yeah, uh-huh. I agree. It's worth yeah, like yeah. I'm not I'm not banking on him being this big strikeout pitcher all of a sudden, but we always it was always a curiosity why why is this stuff so good and he doesn't get more swings and misses? And in addition to the slider, which was responsible for the majority of the swinging strikes, he also talked about how he used his fastballs differently in this game, um, keeping the two seamer low and the strikes out. The strike zone going up high with the four seamer and that disparity, uh, gave hitters, made it, made it tough on hitters. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, Fulmer is very interesting because I, I kind of felt like if he wasn't going to strike guys out, that maybe he's, maybe he's somebody that, that's borderline droppable. Yeah. You know, he's obviously pitching well, but, but he didn't pitch that well last year. But yeah. Okay. Great start for Fulmer. And I, I you know what? I'm going to skip ahead to the rotation. It's an eight-man rotation today based on who pitched yesterday. The top three in this rotation are Sale, Carlos Martinez, and Paxton. We can talk about them later. They all uh, – well, Paxton and Sale are kind of interesting in their own ways. But anyway, the next five I want you to rank right now. 
And they are Dylan Bundy, Chase Anderson, Kyle Hendricks, Michael Fulmer, and Mike Clevenger. So Bundy, Anderson, Hendricks, Fulmer, Clevenger. Think about it for a moment. Mm. And then tell me how you'd rank them. I'd rank them Bundy, Hendricks. I think the rest are slippery enough that I, I'd go ahead and move Fulmer to the front of that group. So I'll go Clevenger Bun, over Bun, Fulmer. Bundy, Hendricks, Fulmer, Clevenger, who hasn't been getting swings and misses like he did last year. His strikeout rate is way down. Um, mm-hmm. And then rounding it out is uh, Chase Anderson. Yes, and Anderson throws seven innings against the Cubs at the Cubs, gives up one run but only two strikeouts, and he has I mean, actually it's kind of funny. Uh Anderson well no, he's got the worst strikeout rate. Twenty three strikeouts and thirty four and two thirds, but Palmer's is actually worse. Is it really? How yeah. is that possible? Oh no. No sorry. Come on, silly man. But <laughs> I was looking looking at Hendrix's you know, everybody, Anderson's the worst, but Hendricks, Fulmer, and Clevenger, they have fairly similar strikeout and inning totals right now. So Scott goes Bundy, Hendricks, which is also the way Heath, uh, Chris would have it, right? Bundy, Hendricks? Yes. Then Scott goes Fulmer 3, Clevenger 4. Chris goes Clevenger 3, Fulmer 4, and Chase Anderson is at the back of this list at number 5. Do you think Chase Anderson should, should be owned in 95% of leagues, or would you be okay cutting him loose? He does have a 286 ERA. That's pretty good. Yeah, I feel like I feel like he's flirting with disaster here. I I am straight up worried about him, and he's the only one of this group that I can say that about. Uh, three of his six starts have been three strikeouts or fewer. The velocity is back to normal after a big jump last year. Transformed him as a pitcher, and I feel like he's had a lot of good luck so far. So I don't know that I'd go as far as to drop him right away because pitching is you know, pit, reliable. Pitching is scarce, but I. I, I I am not I do not have the the uh, the vice grip on him. It has been a disappointing start for Chase Anderson, despite the 286 ERA. So I'm hearing sell high. That's what I'm hearing. If you, I, I would classify yeah. him as that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can absolutely. I think you can because he yeah. had a really good year last year. People might not be aware that the velocity is down. So and that was a huge key for him, as Scott mentioned. So I'm, yep. we're thinking sell high on Chase Anderson. All right, Scott. Uh, wait, did you give a standout? We got no. We got Fulmer from. Chris. Well, I I actually was going to talk about Dylan Bundy. So this is a good. I want to talk about him here. Okay. Obviously, this was a disastrous start after a very strong uh, beginning of the season, and wouldn't you know, it's because he wasn't throwing his. Best pitch is slider-cutter hybrid. The key to everything, as often as he was throwing it consistently 25% of the time those first few starts, and it was down to 18.6% of the time. And if you followed Dylan Bundy, the Dylan Bundy saga the last couple of years, you know what happened to him last year, featuring the slider prominently early in the season, going well, abandons it. Well, doesn't abandon it, but... Um, doesn't feature it nearly as much in the middle portion of the season. It's disastrous. Then goes back to it late in the year and is the best we've ever seen. So is that happening again? Um, I obviously can't rule it out, but the way he described this start was it, it sounded like he got, he, w- he was kind of getting, um, there were, there was some like dinking and dunking off him in the early portion of the game just giving up hits in a way he's not used to. And so he started to try different things. He said he went to his curveball more in this start just to try something. And yeah, I mean, the the data backs up what he's saying there. Problem is the curveball isn't good. So things unraveled from there. Um, I hope he just goes back to what he was doing after this start and uh, doesn't have the misfortune early in the start to try tinkering with things again. Scott has Dylan Bundy, speaking of rankings risers, as his number 26 starting pitcher. And uh, you're not going to drop him after last night. At la- drop him in the rankings, not drop him off your team. Right? Dylan Bundy? Dylan Bundy? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No. no, I'm, I'm going to keep him where he is. All right, then. Some news and notes for you. Danny Farquhar making progress as he recovers from a brain hemorrhage, one of the scariest things that we've seen in baseball in a long time. Uh, I was watching the Cardinals-Mets game, and Matt Carpenter just cannot throw. Uh, and I did tweet, hey, is this normal for Matt Carpenter? Because, you know, the the Cardinals fans would know better than I would. And one person said yes, and it's even worse when he has a back issue or something. But I don't know. This looks like 
It, it looked like Josh Donaldson at the beginning of the year, and now Donaldson's on the DL with a shoulder injury. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but Matt Carpenter is not throwing the ball very well at all at third base, and the team's so bad on defense. Um, I don't know. Do you make anything of that or just whatever? I don't make much of it, no. Okay. Okay. Then. I think whatever. I think I think they're pretty set on who they want their hitters to be. There's just some excess there that they're going to play with. By the way, I I should I. I was having a hard time choosing my words with the Bundy thing because it wasn't exactly dinking and dunking. He gave up a home run in the first two innings. But my point was they got off to a hot start against him offensively, and so he tried to change what he does. Okay. Uh, Carpenter is now batting leadoff, by the way, so that's, I guess, good for fantasy. Chris Bryant still day-to-day. And I'm just going to bring this up. Not actionable, as we like to say, but it seems like they're waiting for Bryant to feel comfortable getting back in the batter's box because he got hit in the face. And didn't that sort of derail Giancarlo Stanton for a while? Perhaps? Um, no. No, no. the season after he got hit, he, um, well, cause he didn't play the rest of that season. Uh, but the season after was the best we'd seen of him until last year. Hmm. Oh, I think it was change? the following, cause he broke his hand the following year. Okay. All right. And the lingering effects from that were what caused him to struggle in 2017. All right, so get well soon, Chris Bryant. 2016. Get back in the lineup, 2016, sure. Tampa Bay third baseman Tim Beckham out at least six weeks after core muscle surgery. I mentioned this but uh, yesterday, but Danny Valencia, if you're in AL-only league, he has been starting, and he homered yesterday. Mark Trumbo could be back Tuesday. Eugenio Suarez is off the DL. That was quick. Jose Abreu sat with the flu. Steven Matz expected to stay in the Mets rotation. Andrew Miller is on the DL. Most uh, apparently, most of the Indians fans who were in attendance last night booed when the Browns selected Baker Mayfield, and it was announced at the ballpark. So that's interesting. I don't know what's that all. What that's all about. And uh, guys, Jung Ho Gong of the Pittsburgh Pirates got a work visa, got a visa, and he will rejoin the Pirates in a few days. This is a third baseman with serious power. He hit 21 home runs in 103 games in 2016 with an 867 OPS. Is there a, a reason to pick up Jung Ho Gong? It'd have to be a deep league because you got to figure there's going to be um, a lot of time spent just getting ready to play in games again. And it's not clear there will be an opening for him once he is ready to play in games again. So I, I don't expect to see him till after the All-Star break. It's... You know, maybe in an NL only league, it's worth stashing away if you have roster spots to play with. But beyond that, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not especially excited. All right, he is not gung ho for jung ho, and let's go to the bullpen. Fernando Rodney blew his third save in a row, and you know it wasn't entirely his fault. Uh, he get, it wasn't actually. There was an error, and then there was an infield single. And then it's not his fault that Gary Sanchez is amazing and hit a home run off of him. <laughs> but <laughs> nevertheless. Be, you can't blame him. He faced an amazing hitter, right? That's, that's how it works. Closers is. never have to give amazing hitters out. All right. Um, so let's, let's discuss the thought process that would lead the Twins to removing Fernando Rodney from the closers role after three weeks, after putting him in the closers role. Okay, well, well, I don't think okay. it's going to happen after I, three I'm, weeks. I'm, I'm uh, Paul Molitor? Paul Molitor? Yeah. And who hey, am I? Hey, guys, it's, it's uh, me, Paul Molitor. <laughs> hey, hey, Paul. Let's go into the season with Fernando Rodney as our closer. He's never really had any inconsistency or struggles in that role. He's always been pretty much lights out. So, you know, the thinking is we'll put him in this role and we'll let him pitch, and then after – you know, six and two thirds innings ish will will reassess the situation because obviously there's something new we can learn about Fernando Rodney that we didn't know before. Mm-hmm. You're a liar, Paul. Hey, Scott, did you hear what Paul said about Fernando Rodney the other day? Is he out of his mind or what? No, look, I know they're not going to make a change now, but how how much do you value picking up Addison Reed, who uh, is 27% owned? He's given he's had two bad outings in his last three, but. I think we all know that Addison Reed is a better pitcher than Fernando Rodney. Um, 27% owned. I mean, if you're speculating on saves, is this like the first guy on your list? Or would you rather have A.J. Minter? I would rather have Addison Reed. I just, 
I have a hard time getting excited about speculating on saves when it's not clear that a change is going to be made and it's not clear a change is going to be made here because well if you're if not it was just, clear you, if the change was going to be made right, you're but, not speculating but you have to <laughs> you have to not only believe that Addison Reed is a good pitcher which I think there are some questions about that why um, he's, he's been good three years in a row you you have to believe that not just that Addison Reed is good but that the like there's just too many steps that All right. you have to. I get it. I, I get it. I'm just going to speed it up. I just, you know, I want to get to more stuff. I, I totally get your point. Um, I just want to bring it up. Addison reached 27% own. I know mm-hmm. he pitched the seventh and Zach Duke pitched the eighth, but Reed would, would be the logical guy that they go to. And, um, Fernando Rodney, look, Fernando Rodney had a 12 something ERA in April last year and he finished the season with the, the rest of the year. He had a 238 ERA and 33 saves and 33 chances beginning May 2nd. So he turned it around last year. He's not gone yet, but he stinks. So Greg Holland uh, pitched the ninth in a tie game. Bud Norris pitched the eighth when they were trailing by one. So Nor- uh, Holland pitched as the closer would pitch, and he has four straight score. The- uh, yeah, I think he has four straight score appearances. I think that's that's correct. Yeah. two base runners between them. Okay, so he looks like he's on the verge. So if you could drop Fernando Rodney for Greg Holland, would you do that? Yes, I would. Okay. Arodis Viscaino got a save. AJ Minter got a save the day before. Minter had pitched two straight days. And it's probably, like Viscaino probably gets more saves than Minter as of now, right? Like going forward? Unless he, unless he blows it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, until, until Minter takes the job out right. And I think that will happen at some point. It doesn't appear to have happened yet. Jerry's Familia, uh, I don't know if he's overworked or what, but he blew his third save and he's had two bad outings in his last three. You guys concerned about Familia? No, I'm not. No. How about Brad Brock pitching the eighth and Darren O'Day pitching the ninth? It was a blowout loss, so it was a non-save situation. But yeah, you know, what do you think? Well, I mean, the Orioles. Granted, they haven't done a lot of winning six wins, but um, you know, it's we haven't seen a Brock save since April 11th, I think, and we've seen an O'Day save since then. And yeah, they they they've twice now in the last couple of weeks used him pre ninth inning. Pre, uh, they've used Brock pre ninth inning, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. I don't. I don't have a lot of confidence in Brock or anybody in this bullpen right now. Okay, and Soria is thirty three percent owned, and he got the save for the White Sox, his third save, and Nate Jones set up for him and pitched the eighth. It would not be a huge shock if Jones got a save the next time they have an opportunity, but Soria, I believe, has been used in that role more often than Nate Jones. Uh, it is Kokomo Friday. It is casual Friday. I am wearing shorts instead of sweatpants. I'm not quite sure which one's more casual, <laughs> but it's a little bit warmer, so <laughs> I got the shorts on. It's uh-huh. also Indochino Friday. No, that s- seems like a contradiction, but go ahead. That's actually true, yeah. Um, no, it's Indochino Friday, and actually I was just thinking about uh, someplace I have to be in a couple weeks, and I am excited to wear my Indochino suit. And it's time for you to get an Indochino suit. Look, it's really important now, okay? The three of us, we're all in our 30s, and maybe you're a little bit younger, you're growing up, or maybe you're older, whatever. 29. Tw- really? Well, Chris, let me talk to you then, 29-year-old, Mr. Millennial. <laughs> Looking good is very, very important. And I know you're going to say, but it's so expensive. But it's really not anymore. Not with Indochino. You can get any premium Indochino suit for $379. That's actually a great deal. Because if you go to a store and you buy a suit off the rack, it might be less than $379. But after tailoring, it's going to be more. And it's not going to be as good. And you're not going to be able to customize it. You're not going to have a monogram on it. You're not going to have a customized jacket lining. You're not going to be able to pick every single detail, including the fabric of the suit. But that's what you can do at Indochino.com. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O dot com. It will fit you so much better than any generic off-the-rack suit. I absolutely love my Indochino suit. It is by far my favorite. And 379 is an amazing deal. That's 50% off, and shipping is free, and you get it just custom right to your measurements. It's very easy. Go to Indochino.com and use the promo code FBT. Promo code is FBT, any premium suit, at Indochino.com. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O for $379 with free shipping. Time to take a look at the most added list here on CBSSports.com leagues. Miguel Andujar is number one. He is 76% owned. And Teoscar Hernandez is number two at 74% owned. 
those two guys, Andujar and Hernandez, Teoscar Hernandez, own in three quarters of our leagues. Has the world gone batty, or is this A-OK? It's A-OK, and I think there's a chance those two will continue to rise. Andujar, um, for despite his defensive limitations, seems to have locked up that job for now. It'll be interesting to see what happens when Drury comes back. But I, I really like the bat here for Andujar. He's uh, a high-contact power hitter, which I always think is a great combination. I have probably more questions about the power than Scott or Heath seemed to, but, you know, he was a 16 homer guy in 125-ish games in the minors last year. I guess with the juiced ball, he could be a 25 homer guy. So, I don't know. I don't think he's a power hitter. I think he's probably more like an average power hitter, but an average power hitter in today's baseball hits 20 to 25 homers. Well, maybe Andujar is a doubles hitter. He has a ton of those. What about Teoscar Hernandez, 75% of? Yeah, I, I, I think like, it's fine. Ride the hot hand. He's got a big bat. Uh, there are holes in his game, but you know, there, there's also big upside. Tyson Ross is number three on the list. He's 59% owned. And good for you for not being afraid of Tyson Ross after the bad start at Colorado. Um, and uh, Jamer Candelario is 56% owned. Would you rather have Andujar or Candelario? I'd rather have Andujar. There's more upside there. Christian Villanueva is number five on the most added list. He's actually more owned than Andujar. Who would you rather have? Andujar. Andujar. Chris Stratton is 63% owned. That means Chris Stratton is owned in more leagues than Tyson Ross. Is that a mistake? That's yes. a mistake. Is it a mistake to own Chris Stratton in, in a 12-team league? I, I mean, I don't think it's a mistake, but there are probably guys I would rather own. I would, I would probably rather have Kyle Gibson. Ooh, okay. Mac Williamson up to 29% owned. Maybe still a little low? Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's taken a long time. It's taken a long time for people to come around to Mac Williamson, which is understandable given his history, but, um, wake up. <laughs> Kurt Suzuki is on the most added list. Kurt Suzuki is 61% owned. Do you buy his production? I think he's like a top four catcher or something. I mean, this is the second straight year he's done basically the same thing. I know. I He's in my top 12 catchers now. My biggest concern, like, I'd, I'd be fine just saying, all right, this is my catcher now, and trusting it to last. And it's not like Tyler Flowers is coming back. It's not like right. it's totally out of nowhere. Like, he had three seasons in a row in, in Oakland where he hit at least 13 homers. That's not huge production, but for a catcher it kind of is. So... At the very least, he should be owned in all two catcher leagues. Well, and I think even if we're talking a points league, um, because he doesn't strike out. Very yeah, much, his yeah. his before this kind of power surge the last couple years, it was always true that he didn't strike out much. He struck out four times this year. Wow! That's all right, it. it's Kurt Suzuki we're talking about. Suzuki or Cervelli? I prefer Cervelli. But if I knew Kurt Suzuki was going to start four out of every five games for the Braves, it'd be Suzuki. I just, you know, I, I think he's in danger of going to a 50-50 split here with Flowers. To speed it up, Harlan Garcia, 46% owned. Too high, too low, right? No. Just right? Too high for Harlan the Marlin. Chad Bettis, 66% owned. Definitely too high. Too high. Walker Bueller, 59% owned. Probably, <laughs> probably a little high, but... <laughs> You know, he's he's one of the more stashable prospects right now, and he should start again in that doubleheader, but then who knows after that. Glaber Torres, 89% owned. So, yeah, see how he does. C.J. Crone, 30% owned. This will be the last guy we talk about. C.J. Crone, 30% owned. Like, it's he's the hot hand for sure, but mm. I think he has two walks this year. There's yeah. not a lot to fall back on when he's not hot. He's, he's just, We have a very... Long track record of C.J. Crone not being that good. Uh, if they are facing a bunch of well, – let's see if I can take a look at their matchups for next week. If they're facing a bunch of lefties next week, then maybe you can get another good week out of C.J. Crone. He's good against lefties. Uh, next week begins what, on the 30th or for him? Uh, the one lefty I see is Dallas Keiko, and I don't see his weekend matchup. So, oh, I'm looking at the wrong team. I'm looking at Glaber Torres. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I know we're not going to talk much about hitting matchups. The Yankees have awful matchups next week. They face the Astros and the Indians, so just keep that in mind. C.J. Crone, though, uh, coming up next week, he's got Detroit and Toronto. Um, 
Mm. Matthew Boyd's a lefty. I don't know. Yeah, that's that, that's the great... only lefty on the schedule for him, Matthew Boyd. The righties aren't so good, though. So it's kind of interesting. But, yeah, I don't I don't think we trust CJ Crone much. All right, no. then. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to the most added list. Now let's hear from you with some emails. Fantasybaseball at CBSI.com. This email is from Scott. Scott is a longtime listener. That's why I'm going to let him go on this rant and just laugh about it. But he wrote us an email yesterday with the subject line, 100% baseball. And I think this was in response to my telling everyone at the beginning of yesterday's show that you should, and you should continue to do this, watch all of your NFL draft uh coverage on CBS Sports HQ, which is our live 24-7 streaming site, CBS Sports HQ. You can download the CBS Sports app on your connected device, and you can just watch CBS Sports HQ from there. It's absolutely awesome. I was watching it last night, and the guys did an amazing job. Uh, all right, so the subject, 100% baseball. I don't give a crap about the football draft, and neither should you. Nobody Ooh. seems to care about the baseball draft in June. Why? Because Ooh. they don't play immediately the next year? Damn millennial instant gratification jerkwads. <laughs> I had to censor the last word because it was really oh, gross. Oh, man. Yeah. It sounds kind of trolly to me. Um, Yeah, so that was kind of mean. So 100% baseball. <laughs> That's what Scott wants. So, Scott, just for that, here's email of the day number two. Justin from Madison, Wisconsin. Chris Towers sounds exactly like Jake McDorman from Greek and Limitless. I can't listen to him without seeing Jake's face. It's fantastic. I have no oh, idea. he's a pretty good-looking guy. He's I have no idea who there's that a, is. There's a picture of him shirtless, and it's pretty much me, <laughs> honestly. Uh, I might have a little more hair, but other than that, uh, yeah, no, totally, I totally see it. So, you, Chris, you read the, you heard the email. You don't look like him. You sound like him. No, I, yeah, he said I look exactly like him. Every time uh, he hears my voice, he sees him. <laughs> I, I think maybe you should just present, like, never go on camera again. Just be. Oh, that's, that, that is the plan. Yeah, sure. That's a good plan. Do you guys know who this is? What a jerk thing by Scott White to say. <laughs> I'm just going to let that go. <laughs> I didn't hear. I was trying to look up who the I hell. I thought I was playing off your just joke. A, just a, I thought I was in on the joke. Wow. I thought you were in on the no, joke. No, let's move on. Okay. It's fine. Okay. I'm fine. I'm not a good looking. I'm not even, I'm not even mad. Okay. I think what we're going to do. funny to me. What we're going to do is, um, read these emails and then I, while you do that, I'm going to try to find some some Jake McDermott McDormand sound and see if we can compare it to Chris. So here's a quick round of emails from No Name. Grade the trade. Keeper league. Five keepers. Twenty it's ten ten teams, five keepers, twenty five man rosters and its categories. Would you give up Anthony Rizzo to get Ronald Acuna? You know what I'm gonna say. I would, Scott, would you like to say what I, I'm I would gonna do say? It in Ronald a second. Acuna could be anything. Yeah, he yeah. could even be Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what he's gonna say. And yeah. I disagree. I, he could be much better than Anthony Rizzo. Well, he, he can't, he be, can't be, mu- be much. He can't better. be much better than Anthony. Like, perennial MVP. Okay, no, hold on. <laughs> he, he could be Mike Trout. That's the one way he could be much better than Anthony. He Rizzo. could. I'm so. saying he could be better than what Rizzo's going to be in the next few years if Rizzo's yeah, no, in his could. peak now. I I think when you have a proven stud, no, certainly one still in his prime. Dude, y'all play scared. Uh, if you're keeping no. them, if you're keeping them at an equal level, like if if like Acuna is a dollar keeper and it, Rizzo's a thirty five dollar keeper, fine, that's a different situation. But if you're keeping them on equal terms, also you got to stick with. Rizzo. I think trading Rizzo for Acuna could be playing scared. I think there there's a there's an element of well, I I'm I'm worried that I'm not going to get the upside, but like Anthony Rizzo has plenty of upside too. Okay, I, all right. Fair enough. Uh, so you guys will take Rizzo. Um, this is from Daniel. Would you trade Ronald Acuna for Marcel Ozuna? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, would you, this is from Chris R. Hey, Eric Barry and should have been a Mike. Hint 3050 club. Uh, Eric Barry is a safety for the Kansas yeah, Eric Chiefs. Barry and should have <laughs> yeah, been Eric a Mike. Eric Barry and, and should have been a 3050 club. Who's Mike Cameron? Does this mean they were in the 30-50 club? I guess Barry Bonds. Eric Davis. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Worst mistake I made so far this year was dropping Corey Dickerson too soon. Would you buy high on Corey Dickerson? No. There, he is doing some interesting things. He's basically completely selling out for batting average. He has a 40% line drive rate. 
His strikeout rate is down to 11%. Uh, I don't think the 40% line drive rate is sustainable, but if he keeps not striking out, it could get interesting. It just doesn't seem like uh, the, the I don't know. We've, we've gone through these kinds of ups and downs with Corey Dickerson before, and I feel like the ending point is always a little bit disappointing. All right, this is from Mike. Should I trade Sean Manaya for Chris Archer? Yes. Yeah, when I wrote, I wrote my Sean Manaya sell high piece on Monday of this week, and the three pitchers I mentioned who would be good targets were Archer, Tanaka, and Quintana. So yeah, I think it's gonna, it's hard to sell high on Shamanaya, but I think that's one where you've accomplished the goal. Okay, let's, I think we should probably talk about Chris Archer, and we will do that in just one second. Uh, who wants to make some money tonight? Easy, okay. easy, yeah, easy, easy money. Play against me in draft. I, <laughs> last place again. Three of the last four times I've played in our five man, uh, fantasy baseball today podcast draft contests, three of the last four, or four of the last five, whatever, I've either come in fourth or fifth. It's like I'm trying to lose. I, I don't Maybe understand. you are. Are I, you tanking at him? No, I did Bundy. I took Give Dylan us your Bundy. Derek Jeter impression. Oh, I didn't see it. I didn't see I it. I didn't see it either. Yeah. I've read the interview. You're mentally weak. <laughs> you, yeah, you are mentally weak. Um, listen, I, I'm still enjoying it. I play for a dollar every day, whatever. I might play multiple contests, but the, the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast one is, is whatever, dollar a day, but it's fun, right? You get into this draft. It's not like a salary cap site like the other DFS sites. You do a snake draft. And on draft, you can play a snake draft with other people anytime you want, as many times as you want. Once you draft, you're, once you're done drafting, no trades, no waiver wire. And if one of your guys is out, the draft app will let you know, and you can make a substitution, which is great. And you get some cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. So here's what you do. You download the draft app. You use the promo code FB today. FB today. When you do that, you will be automatically following me, Big Kane 2, and you will get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. The promo code again is FB today. Why wouldn't you want to play on draft? You love fantasy baseball and you love doing snake drafts and this combines that, lets you win money, and it's really easy and it's really fun and the drafts are very quick, not time consuming. I know you're going to love it. So use the promo code FB today. On the Draft app or Draft.com. All right, yeah, Chris Archer yesterday, 11 hits, four earned runs at Baltimore. His whip is terrible. His ERA is 661. And I'm just going to say, the last two years, this is where he's finished. In 2016, he was the number 38 starting pitcher in points and number 37 in Roto. In 2017, Archer was number 17 in points and number 27 in Roto. So at least last year, you know, what was the difference? Well, he lost 19 games in 2016, so that crushed his points ranking. But we're talking two years in a row with a very similar ERA, just over four. Nine or ten wins. 230 to 249 strikeouts. 57 combined home runs allowed. A 1.24 whip and a 1.26 whip. He basically has been the same exact pitcher two years in a row. When you look at ERA, whip, walks, strikeouts, and home runs. The only difference was more and wins, more losses in 2016. And we are talking about a guy who has been outside the top 24 in categories of Roto Leagues two straight years. And in points leagues, he was 17th last year. Um, why? What am I missing? Why is he so much better than I think he is? And I don't think he's bad. And I would trade Sean Maniah for Chris Archer. But why? Like you guys, you guys make me feel crazy every time I talk down on on Archer. He strikes out like 250 guys a year. Yeah, that's one. He's a one category contributor. At this okay, point. Cal- calm down. No, no, I'm not. Calm, what, calm what else Adam, is he? What else is Adam, he contributing? He what else? A ton of innings. What else Adam. is he? That's not a category. What else is he contributing? <laughs> what else is he contributing? What else? Tell me that. He. He. Nothing. Thank isn't you. Go, like Nothing. no, I mean he's going to give you a ton of strikeouts in a in a cult in a in an environment where few pitchers can because they're going so few innings. What else I, is I he think contributing? That's a big deal. And it obviously is. In, it is. in points leagues, I know you're not talking about categories, but the innings are a big deal too. I, absolutely. But but I think for the last two years, Chris Archer has been a one category contributor. I I don't agree that a one two six whip doesn't help over two hundred innings. I don't agree it's not that, that a good. four ERA is bad it's over two hundred innings. Yeah. So like, it's maybe not bad, you, but it's not it's not worth taking it with a as a top twenty pitcher. There are ten to twelve pitchers every year in the top twenty who aren't worth taking in the top twenty. 
at least he's going to be there. Uh, is he? Yes. Not in Roto. What do you mean? No, he's, I, he's, he's going to be present. Like, oh, we don't have oh. a track record of injury oh, like okay, we do yeah. with some of the other guys in the top 20. Like, I still think, like, okay, yes, he has an inflated, he's had an inflated ERA now two and one eighth years in a row. That is true. The peripherals are, are still all great, and we all still profess to believe in those. I just, I don't buy that he's just a four ERA pitcher forever and ever. Yeah, and I, and I mean, I, I compared him to Chris Sale in this respect. Chris Sale had a, in 2015 and 16, he had a 341 and a 334 ERA. And it just felt like that was too high for Chris Sale. So he had a 290 ERA last year, and he's gonna be, you know, probably, you know, probably around that this year, right? And I get that. Like, I thought going into this year, Archer had a really good chance to get back into the 330 range. I'm losing faith. And he still does. I'm Why? losing faith. What's he doing different? I think that the league may have caught up with him because he does not really have a third pitch. He still is basically a two-pitch pitcher. He throws well, two fastballs and a Well, interesting you should say that, Adam, because yesterday 19, he had 19 swinging strikes, a season high. Eight of them came on the third pitch. What, the changeup? Change See, that yeah. would be a nice development for Archer, and I think it's important because I just don't know that he can survive. And, and, and the other thing with Archer is he really seems to be a victim of this home run era. Because home runs have, have destroyed him the last two years, specifically on the road. It seems like it'd be reflected more in the fifth, though. It's it's reflected in the ERA. I've mentioned okay. that he's given up 37 home runs on the road over his last two inning, two seasons, yeah. and that's basically one full season of starts. 37 home runs. I mean, it's a little. He's a little frustrating, but like, I, I just don't see how you could call him. Like, it, it's different from Billy Hamilton. If if you if you're going to reduce Chris Archer to a one category, fine. One category guy, fine. But it's like different from Billy Hamilton, because Billy Hamilton, he kills you and everything else. Archer just kind of maintains everything else. You know, like, and, and that's, and that's the worst case scenario of Archer, the four ERA Archer. There's, there is a chance he's a mid threes ERA instead. Yeah. All right. Well, I, okay. I, he's not, he doesn't kill you like Billy Hamilton. I agree. But he doesn't stand out anymore right now and for the last two years in anything but strikeouts and innings. So, all right. Fine. Fine. Oh, we can't do this every time he starts. Uh, Tim from Central Illinois wants to know if Jorge Soler should be owned in all 12-team leagues. I believe like Jorge Soler is a good baseball hitter. I don't know if that means he has to be owned in every 12-team league because you might not have someone who's worse than him. But I think we are seeing a ton of really, really promising signs from Jorge Soler right now, and I definitely want to own him. Yeah, I mean the walks in, in particular. So yeah. the, the plate discipline in general. He's not the free swinger that we we saw in Chicago. He's looking like the guy he was all throughout his AAA career when he's put up really good numbers, and he's still hitting the ball pretty hard. Uh, Homer fifty two point five percent hard contact. Yeah, and the, and the Statcast data is also pretty promising. I just think yeah. he's one of those guys. You know, I, I wrote about this in the waiver wire column yesterday we have to try to strike a balance between just telling you who has been good within the last 24 hours and who is going to be good moving forward. And Jorge Soler was in the waiver wire column for me on Thursday because he's lo he looks like someone who is going to be good moving forward, even if he hasn't been yet. And he's 16% owned. So Jorge Soler is definitely... Uh... <laughs> Which actually went down since yesterday. <laughs> really? Oh, wow. Yeah. All right, guys. 16% um... you said? Yeah. Am I wrong on that? No, I don't. It just surprises me. The walks would be a game changer, but they've only happened over his last six games. He has nine walks in his last six games. Seventeen um, percent. I don't know if that takes away from it or not. I'm just saying, a week ago, it would have been hard to have this same discussion. Okay. All right. Keep an eye on Jorge Soler. So let's see. This. Uh... Has not quite gone as I plan. Let's go through some segments pretty quickly. Tell me if you want to add these guys. Domingo Santana, 71% owned. Mm -hmm. Ryan Braun started at first base yesterday, so I think everybody has a spot now. Not that Santana was sitting that much, but now you feel even better about it. So, yeah, I want Yeah, and, and he's, been, he's third or fourth on the team in plate appearances, but that was a lot because of injuries for other guys that – might not have sustained, but with 
Thames out, it looks like he's going to play every day. I don't think he's going to play every day because Aguilar is going to play sometimes. Well, yeah, they have off days sometimes. I would imagine Braun will sit when Aguilar plays, though, just because he needs days off. All right, he's going to play enough. But, you know, Santana does have one extra base hit so far. He also struggled in April last year. He batted 197. He did have five home runs, but he got off to a slow start. But Santana, 71%. Matt Davidson, double dong yesterday, 55%. You want to add him? Uh, amid all those other third basemen you rattled off earlier, the Vienna Wave, Andujar group, uh, Davidson's behind all of them. Odubel Herrera, 64%. I think he's getting on base basically every day. He's batting 341. He's good. He's not that good. <laughs> he's In pretty fact, good. I will tell you specifically how not good he is. Um, tell us. Last year, Enlighten us. Last year, he was the number 56 outfielder in points. Number 55 in Roto. He played 138 games. If Odubel Herrera had played 155 games, he would have moved all the way up to number 46 in points. He's not that good. Well, Fine. he's not that good. He's not that good. But he's okay. He's okay. I yeah. will accept that. Yeah. I mean, he's outside of my top 40 outfielders, so I don't, I don't know that we're seeing things differently here. I would imagine in most leagues... Uh, he's one of the better hitters who might actually be on the waiver wire. Uh, David Peralta, 62% owned. I, Odubo I, Herrera is better. Uh, that's, I think that's questionable. I think the skills are similar. I think maybe Peralta has a little more power. Um, and if, if Herrera was to go back to stealing bases, that would be, that would change things, but it doesn't, we, we have no evidence that's going to happen. So, uh, in fact, Peralta's playing virtually every day, and he's he's holding his own against lefties. I think he might be a little um, under. I guess I can't say under undervalued because he's more owned than Herrera, right? But under uh, no, they're about the same. About the same. Okay. Okay, uh, that's David Peralta and Eduardo Escobar, thirty-three percent owned, number nineteen in points, number sixteen in Roto, despite uh, pretty good numbers: three hundred three batting average, three homers, one steal. Eduardo Escobar. The fact that he's shortstop eligible, I believe that's true. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that makes him a little more interesting, but even that position, there's just surprising amount of depth. Not like high end depth, but usable depth. And I don't think he's, he's really in the mixed league territory there. Okay. That's Eduardo Escobar, who did hit nine home runs in September last year. Uh, and he's got three. He's not exactly crushing it, but he's got three. All right. This next group. Okay to drop? Question mark. I want to know if these guys, look, you don't have to drop them, but let's say there's someone you really like out there. Are you feeling like they're okay to drop? Justin Smoke. Really hard to, to make sense of Justin Smoke's last three years, really. Because he's still hitting the ball pretty hard. He's swinging and missing less than he did last season, so the plate discipline's actually... You know, there are reasons to believe that the strikeout rate will come down, but he's also only been good once in his career. Is he okay to drop, Justin Smoke? Uh, I, I think in, a, it, in, a, it, in like a 10 team league. A yeah. league where fewer than 300 players are rostered. Jake Junis. Sure. Yeah, I'd be a little more hesitant with him just because there is such a scarcity of quality pitching. But, uh, the five home runs he gave up yesterday, uh, I, I think we need to remember he's a fly ball pitcher who gave up 1.4 per nine last year. So I've, I've sobered up a bit on him after the strikeouts this spring and the first couple starts being so good, but he's still right there in, 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 um, you know, in the top 60 starting pitchers for me. All right. Jake Junis, Michael Brantley, 83% owned. Is he okay to drop? I Not would want to hold on to him. Yeah. Okay. I mean, 83, I don't know that it needs to be higher than that, but I'm not looking to drop him. Aaron Hicks, 77% owned. Yeah, I think it's fine to drop him. I, I, there there are things to like about Aaron Hicks. Um, I just, he's another guy the track record. For him, it's, well, like two months of good production. Basically, yeah. And he'd still, he does have 10 walks, 11 strikeouts. But he's just not yeah. doing much. And the mat, I mean, if you're playing just week to week, gosh, four, the matchups next week are so bad for the Yankees. Uh, Orlando Arcia, Cattell Marte, Ahmed Rosario. 
three shortstops who are owned in 42 or four, or 43% of leagues. None of them are doing well. Orlando Arcia, Cattell Marte, Ahmed Rosario. Are you okay dropping any of those? I don't even know if people can. Like, if you're rostering them in that many leagues, that means you have to, basically. I, yeah, I, that's probably true. Uh, they're not in leagues without a middle infielder spot. And, and I even dropped Cattell Marte in, in a standard Roto League, uh, yeah. one where 360 players are rostered just because he seemed like the obvious guy to drop. So I, w- I would say they're all droppable if, if there's somebody who you're looking to add and you're honestly excited about. Because I'm not excited about any of them the way things have started out here. Okay, that's Arcia, Marte, and Rosario. Who's got the most upside? Rosario. Okay. Yeah. It'd be nice if he stole a base every now and then. Uh, the thing that I was going to say about Carlos Santana, I know we keep saying that he's a buy-low candidate, and he, he is. He has finished 7th, 11th, 7th, and 7th in the last four years in points leagues, and 12th, 14th, 10th, and 16th in Roto. But... um. He usually had, not only does he usually have slow starts, it usually lasts about three months. I looked at his first <laughs> three months of each of the last four seasons, and I'll just give his batting averages, uh, starting with 2017 and working back to 2014. 225, 237, 213, and 205. Uh, so it's always the same. It's like, 10 to 12 homers, really good plate discipline, some double. It's always the same. And then he has huge second halves. So Carlos Santana's a buy low. But based on the last four years, you might want to wait a little bit longer to make that buy low offer. Okay, I did want to get to the rotation, but first, and some fringy starting pitchers, and then we'll do two start pitchers for next week. I just want to hear, does Chris Towers sound like this? I'm Jake McDormand uh, from Greek, and you're watching Clever TV. Chris, can you say that? I'm Jake McDorman from Greek, and you're watching Clever TV. Uh, I'm Jake McDorman from Greek, and you're watching Clever TV. Hey, I'm Jake McDorman uh, from Greek, and you're watching Clever TV. <laughs> I don't hear it. I don't hear it. Scott? Yeah, it's, I. you know, I don't hear it either. It's more, again, Maybe we more need the in the sound. face and the physique. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. Uh, yes, Chris, you are a very, very handsome man. Eight-man rotation, we already covered five of them. Chris, that would be Bundy, Anderson, Hendricks, Fulmer, and Clevenger. Chris Sale, guys, 231 ERA, 45 strikeouts, and a .97 whip in 35 innings, but not going deep into games. Is there anything here that concerns you with Sale? His velocity was down early. Uh, the last couple of starts, it looks like it's been back. Uh, there, there's no reason to be concerned about Chris Sale. Carlos Martinez, do you have anything to say about him? He's good. He is yep. good, and uh, yep. he's gotten the control. He's gotten the walks under control the last few games. Mm-hmm. Of course, could always go crazy uh, at any time. But James Paxton, ten strike. James Paxton's walking everyone. Uh, he's also <laughs> pitching very pretty well. He has a five twelve ERA, but it's a little skewed by one or two terrible starts. But anyway, the control has been good the last two years. Not this year for James Paxton. That's a little concerning, but at the same time. How are you going to replace James Paxton? Because I mean, four of his six, six starts have been really good. Yeah, well, I, I'm not going to replace him with Chris Archer. That's for sure. Who would you rather have, Archer or Paxton? <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have Archer, but it's pretty close. Yeah, the that comes down to just the injury concerns with Paxton. I think Paxton's the better pitcher, but I think Paxton's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Fringy starting pitchers, tell me if you saw any of these guys on your waiver wire, would you be like, ooh, I gotta add him right now! Uh, Jordan Montgomery, Marco Estrada, Lucas Giolito, or Bagel with Nova, Ivan Nova. Montgomery, guys, Estrada, Giolito, Nova. Get rid of Giolito. So not, not throwing that curve. He's 51% owned, he's not getting strikeouts, he's not yep. getting swings and misses. Yep. The velocity's down, yeah. he's not throwing the curveball, there's just yeah. not really anything to like about but, Lucas But um, right would you pick up any of these guys if you saw now, him? Yes, Jordan Montgomery, I think he's good. Yeah. I mean, he's 81% he'd be the one owned. I'm most likely to pick up, but yeah. it's not like if somebody dropped him today in a league where I could honestly see somebody dropping him, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I gotta pick him up right now, which is like how you presented the exercise. So. What about Sean Newcomb? He really got got squeezed, and then he gave up a three-run homer. He was having such a great start, mm-hmm. and the umpire really affected his walk total in this start. Six innings, four runs, three walks, seven strikeouts. Newcomb is 69% owned. 
I know if Heath was here, he'd be like, at him. Needs to be 99. So, I, I haven't been that, I haven't been as excited about him as he has. In part because I don't think he's, he, like his best pitch is the curveball and he's not throwing it nearly as much this year. I don't know why, but, um, I don't see the super high ceiling for him. I think he could be, uh, I don't know. I think he could be top 40. But that's all I'm giving him. Who, Sean Newcomb? Okay. Yeah. Uh, alright then. Let's take a look at the two star pitchers for Fantasy Week 28. And why do I keep saying that? Because I am always confused about which week it actually is. So, we are going to start, let's see, is there anyone questionable? No, John Lester, I think he's earned it at this point with Colorado and at St. Louis. How about Hyunjin Ryu at Arizona at San Diego? Ooh, yeah. At Arizona at yeah. San Diego. Yeah. Yep. Oh, damn it, guys. There's something I wanted to do at the beginning of the show, and I keep forgetting. Do you do you think Eric Lauer needs to be owned in more than 5% of leagues? I think he is interesting. I wrote about him at the waiver wire column the day, the day that he got called up, and obviously he got spanked by the Rockies. Not but, a surprise. Right, like the Rockies don't have the greatest lineup in baseball, but they're still tough to hit. At, or they're stuff to, still tough to pitch against at cores, so... I think you give him a a buy for that, a mulligan. All right, it's Eric Lauer. He's a two star yeah, pitcher. Pretty good line. Moving down the two star pitcher list, there are a lot of them. Um, Jake Junis at Boston and home against Detroit. No. Oh, Scott, are we going to start James? Start in a points league. Junis in a points league. Are we going to start James yeah. Tyone at Washington and at Milwaukee? Mm, no, probably I'd probably I roll the dice in a points league. Like, you know, if he gives you. The answer is almost always yes in a points league, you know? Almost always. Yeah, if the guy's worth rostering, he's probably worth starting. So let's just say either yes, no, or points only. Points only. Okay. Tanner Roark, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Yes. yes. Eduardo Rodriguez, Kansas City and at Texas. Yes. yes. Aaron Sanchez at Minnesota at Tampa Bay. Hold on, what? Aaron, yes. Points Aaron, league Aaron, only. Points only, okay. Points only. And a yes from Chris. That means both. Uh, Ivan Nova at Washington at Milwaukee. Points league only. Yeah. Yeah. Felix Hernandez, Oakland and the Angels at home. That's tough matchups. Points league only. I agree. That's what I meant on Nova too. I wasn't saying yes. I was saying points league only. Uh, Drew Pomeranz, Kansas City and at Texas. Yeah. Uh, yes. He looked pretty rough that That's first start fine. back, and the velo was down. I'm going to say snow. 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 Uh, <laughs> Drew Pomerantz. President Snow. Jordan Montgomery at Houston, home against Cleveland. No. No. Uh, I mean, maybe points, but probably. I mean, who, who did you just ask about? Gray. Oh Jordan, no, they Jordan both have the Montgomery. same matchup. Jordan Montgomery and Sonny oh, Gray okay. at Houston, home against Cleveland. I would say yes to Montgomery. Take uh, that. All right. Uh, say yes to the dress. Marcus Stroman at Minnesota and at Tampa. Which dress? It's a show. Points league only. Say yes Points to only. Dress. Points only for Stroman. Points Jake Faria at Detroit home against Toronto. <laughs> Is this a sneaky one? Uh, I'd, I'd rather not. Like he's, he's probably my top two star sleeper for this week, but I don't recommend him. No. You cannot start Steven Matz, right? No way. No, no. Marco Estrada at Minnesota at Tampa Bay. I'm fine starting him, yeah. I would say, man, maybe he should be my top sleeper. Because those are pretty good matchups. He's he's just been pretty awful lately. But I could see points leagues doing that. Marco Estrada. Lance Lynn, Toronto and at the White Sox. No. Alex Cobb at the Angels at Oakland. No. Matt Boyd, Tampa Bay at Kansas City. Like the matchups, don't like the pitcher, and he was not, you know, his last start was rough after a good stretch there. He's still probably one of the best you could do off the waiver wire if you're forced to act. That is Matt Boyd, Andrew Triggs, Lucas Giolito, Yolisha Seen, Chad Cool. Anyone? No. Probably. Like, I could talk myself into Cool or Shasin with, well, Cool with good matchups. Shasin actually does have pretty good matchups, but, mm. No, I just, who would yeah. I drop now? 
Kyle Gibson, we talked about earlier. Um, Toronto and at the White Sox, maybe worth a gamble. No Matt Whistler, no Matt Moore, no Jordan Zimmerman, Matt Cook, no. Jason Hamill, Kyle Freeland, Brandon Finnegan, Eric Lauer, Dylan Peters, and I don't think there's anybody we like, right? Not really. No, it's pretty bad. Okay. Boy, that is long. That That's is a, a very really long. long. What is happening in that toilet? Man. <laughs> My goodness. All right. It's like 18 gallons. Right. That is a lot. Too, right? That is a waste of water. Thank you oh, all man. for listening to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. We're coming back at you on Monday with a weekend recap.